Here we go. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to uh, the Dr. Boyce Book Club. I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins. We're so glad to see everybody. And uh, it's very nice to uh, to have everybody in here this week. And as you all know, uh, this is a special week. Uh, we get a chance to talk to the one and only Dr. Claude Anderson. The legend himself has addressed us uh, in the building. And if you could, as you come in, if you could give Dr. Anderson a welcome and a hello, uh, because he's he's been he's been gone for a while. He's 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 had to overcome some things, but he's a fighter, and he's fighting to be next to you. And so, uh, before I even get started, I want to ask Dr. Anderson, how you doing today, my friend? Oh, as I said to you earlier, like the guy that fell off the top of that Empire State Building, off he was working on the on the roof on the hundred third floor, and as he was falling. And then he went past the fifth floor, then the third floor, then the second floor. And they said, how are you doing? He said, hey, <laughs> okay so far. And he said, that, <laughs> that your question might be a slight bit premature because I only got one more floor to go. And my bus will hit the damn ground. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you know what? Uh, you, you, well, you, well, you look like you're doing okay so far and we all doing okay so far. I guess, it, it, you know, it, it eventually all good things come to an end, but Right now, you're here, and I'm going to tell you, I'm super happy that you're here, Dr. Anderson, and uh, I know everybody else is happy, and, uh, and all, everybody that's, um, that's in the room, uh, feel free to uh, let, let us know what city uh, you're coming from uh, this week. Uh, I see Tony Foster, Ryan Jackson, uh, Tony's out of Seattle, and I see, uh, I'm going to name a few, San Leandro, California, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Minneapolis, Buffalo, New York City, D.C., Lubbock, Texas, Atlanta, Atlanta, Pottstown, Pennsylvania for Priscilla, Orlando, Florida, Cleveland, Philly, Detroit, New Orleans, uh, Springfield, Maryland. The list goes on and on and on, Dr. Anderson. I'm telling you, Barnesville, Georgia, Plainfield, New Jersey, Los Angeles. So we got Black folks all around the world that want to hear from you. And uh, and so you know what I, I, I really want to do is I want to jump right in, you know, right from the frying pan into the fire because uh, this week there's been a lot of conversation about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Um, I did a whole podcast, uh, and I don't know if everybody knows all this or not, but uh, Roe versus Wade, uh, it, the history is fascinating. I, 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 today on my podcast, Dr. Anderson, I read the whole history of uh, Norma McCorby, who was the original Jane Roe, and uh, everything from her childhood all the way up until the court case and everything else. And a lot of people did not know that Norma McCorby's original uh, lawsuit was based on the fact that she was trying to get an abortion because she lied and said she was raped, gang raped by a group of black men. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't, a lot of people didn't know that. And there was a lot of other interesting information there in terms of how it was handled and, and all this other stuff. So I'd like to just get your thoughts on just the unrest that's kind of happening across the country over Roe versus Wade. How, how are you feeling uh, when, when you when you see all that kind of all that happening? Well, first of all, I, 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 it's, it starts me to laughing because it's all a straw issue. 99% of the issues you see relating to women are straw issues because those issues never existed, existed until black folk started making some demands on compensation, reparations, and uh, appreciation for what they've been doing in this country for 465 years. It has never, never, never failed to come up. Every time in history, when there was an opportunity for black, somebody to do something to correct of uh, the, the failings of in history for black folk, the women's issue arose. Now, and that's no accident. That is in personal, and that's a personal issue for white women versus white men. 
white women have always had anything they wanted in history, always got it, because they slept in the same bed, went to marry the same white man. They were, they were second in charge on the plantations. They inherited almost 87% of everything the white man had. And, uh, and they were also uh, dominated in, 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 in the, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, public sector. White women always were easily hired. They had got up to the present time, they had about, about 47% of all the jobs. They had 52% of the population, which means anytime they wanted to, they could go down to the polls and vote in anything they want. They don't need to have no demonstrations for that. If you're 51% of the population in a, in a society that, that pretends that majority will always win and the minority will lose, if they are 52%, white women can get together anytime they want and vote in anything. They can vote in tomorrow and say every white woman's entitled to $50 million every, on her birthday every year and get it because it comes from the white man. The white man says, anytime you give me a menu of beneficials or benefactors for anything we're gonna give away, I said, what I want y'all to do is always use a menu. Don't just give us something to what black folks need because we know what black folks have needed ever since, ever since slavery started in 1516. We know what they want. And, uh, but we're right now gonna try, we do everything we can to avoid it, uh, divert it or escape it and, uh, and accept it now. And women say, well, you know, we, we need something. So in 1840, they said, what, 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 what is that white women that we don't have? And we we're gonna inherit 100% of everything the white man has when he dies. What is it that we need? And they say, well, uh, let's see now. Um, let's see, what, what do we need? They said, well, we, we want the right to vote. White women have always had the right to vote. They always had the right to vote, Dr. Watkins. But said, but the only thing that stopped them, some of them, was the fact that the laws at the local levels required that you own property. You had to be a property owner to vote. And but said, all the white women had property, they voted the time they wanted. So otherwise, on a, on, a, on a generalized basis, white women always had everything they wanted until 1919. Then they put in give right, white women the right to vote. In 1990, called, called, called Amendment, uh, night, uh, you know, the uh, 19th Amendment. That, that 19th Amendment wasn't for black folk, it's for white women. And so women can vote on anything they want anytime they want. They can vote in all these guys sitting on the Supreme Court tomorrow. Nobody elected those Supreme Court leaders. They can vote them out tomorrow if they wanted to. All they do is go to their husbands and their boyfriends and their brothers and, and, and their son, sons and vote them out. But that is a straw issue and black folk keep falling for it. And yet you never, and that always overclouds anything we're talking to black folk. That's why you don't hear anybody talking about reparations anymore. Nobody gonna talk about reparations when you talk about women want, women wanna have some, women wanna have a right to choose what they, whether or not they wanna be pregnant or not. And the same people back in, back in the 1860s before the end of, sla before the end of slavery, Looked at all the darn women that had that were pregnant at that particular time. You had more pregnant white women at that time than you did black women. Black women were the slaves. Black women didn't necessarily get get want, want to have abortions because you see the white man had a had a policy saying by the time a white male gets to be 14 years of age, I want him to have indulge, learn how to indulge in sex with, with a black woman and be able to impregnate her if you if we want to. And, uh, and, and so every white master was, was going to bed with the black women. And then the boy got, the white boy got to be 14. He went to bed with a white woman. 
Nobody's going to perform an abortion on a white woman, on a black, on a on a uh, black woman. They wanted them because you see, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia, those were baby raising states because you see, slave uh, importing slaves had been outlawed as of 1808. They wouldn't bring in any more blacks. Initially, slavery started based on black men. It had nothing to do with 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 with, with black women. The focus didn't go into, into black women until after slavery ended in 1808, and they wanted and they more babies. And so they said, well, everybody jump in together, and, and even those who own slave own plantations, hire you a stud, get you a stud, and have him engage in, in as much sex as possible with, 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 with black women to get them impregnated as often as you can, so now you can get babies free. You don't have to buy them anymore. Don't worry about going off the shores of Africa and bringing them back, paying four or $500 for a slave. Just in present, the black woman, get all the babies you want. And even as a matter of fact, it got such, such to be such a good thing. And some of the whites didn't, they wanted two or three studs per, per plantation. That was the guy that was the black man who was going in and impregnate all the black women. And finally, they didn't have enough of those. So they said, what we'll do, we'll take the young boys because there's nobody better at indulging in sex as long as you want them to indulge than a young black male at 14 or 15. And so by that time, they started this whole concept called a paper bag concept, where they put a paper bag over, over a young black boy's head. And so he won't know what he could see to push him in the room where his mom or his sister was. And then have her in, that, in the bed stripped naked and tell the black, young black male, don't you go and indulge in sex with them and don't come out to, to feel comfortable that, 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 that you're gonna impregnate them. By the time that black male walk out, Dr. Watson, so guess what? He had impregnated his own mother, his own sister. Nobody was performing any abortions on her and on that black, young black girl who might sometime might be 14 or 15. They weren't worried about the blacks having, looking for abortions. That was, that was an issue for white women. And, uh, and, and because it was an embarrassment to her, to them. And so, so many damn black plantation or white plantation only were using even black males to impregnate their own sisters and their own mama. That's what that word you has been popularized in the black community called, you know what you know what uh, they call them MFs? You know what an MF is? Mm -hmm. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And MF, that means MF mother effer. Okay. That word was originated in the black community because they're using black young black boys at 14, 15, 16 to impregnate their own mothers. They didn't know they was impregnating their own mothers. That's where they got that word from. Hey man, you are MF. And that's why that word was so peculiar to the black to the black race was because there was no abortion for them. It was wide open impregnating. And that's, those five states start uh, providing about 80 to 97% of all young sl black slaves in the United States starting after 1808. So what? So why am I getting concerned about something about abortion? That is for white women. Now they're gonna. Now it doesn't take very much energy, intellectual energy, to convince black women to go join the movement. Well, I gotta have some babies too. I want. I want to be able to control my own vagina. Nobody wants to. You want to control your vagina. White women has been controlling your vagina ever since 1808. They started bringing you into the country. Up until 1808, not 80% of the of slaves coming to America were black men. Nobody wanted black women in America for slaves. They wanted the black man until after slavery was outlawed in the Constitution in 1808. And the last ship came in in 1808 down in Alabama. 
And that was the last sla slaves being brought into the United States. And after that, you couldn't bring in more slaves. So let's start a whole concept impregnating black women at will. And Will was every white man's name was Will. Wow, wow, wow. That's I don't know about everybody else, but um, but I, but this is uh this is uh heavy information. And it's um, you know, and, and I tell you, Dr. Anderson, I I, I think um I I don't tell anybody whether they should be pro-choice or pro-life. I, I just don't believe in doing that. Uh and but but I think it's interesting when you talk about the the leading Negroes that they put on TV. They had the the BET Awards this week, and they had a they had a bunch of Negro celebrities up there, you know, screaming about Roe versus Wade on the stage. But they'll never scream about things like reparations or the things that the black community really needs. And uh, I don't really know. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not here to say that people should should or shouldn't have a right to have abortions, but I, but it seems like there's just su such a sinister history behind all of it behind uh, the eugenics and Planned Parenthood and, you know, and, and just white liberals using black people to pursue their agenda uh, to white feminists using black women in, in a way that's unhealthy for black people. That just makes uh, me say, I say, what I say just generally, Dr. Anderson, I'd like to get your thoughts on this is, is that I don't think it, we have to tell anybody what they should believe, but I think that black folks have to have our own separate conversation about these sensitive issues and not let that conversation be driven by the white agenda, the liberal agenda, the Democratic Party agenda, all of that. It has to be the black agenda that drives that conversation. What, what do you think, Dr. Anson? I think you're right on. I think you're right on point. But see, but, but the problem is that how are we going to do that? At this at this critical time, we got all kind of crises in the country pertaining to, and most of them are focusing eight times more on black folk than any other group in this country. That's why black folk right now are carrying eight times their fair share of everything that's bad. And, and it is everything you can think of, whether it's heart attacks or anything you think about, murders, homicides, suicides, anything. And, uh, and we, and, but, but none, of this, none of those things are making issues in the headlines as it pertains to black folk. Reparations is gone now because, because the black people got hold to it, didn't know what the world reparations was, didn't understand it. They would Johnny come lately and get involved in racial issues, going picking college professors who had read a book the night before he went to the class and gave a lecture on reparations. He didn't know what reparations were, what were the history of reparations, what it meant, and how you go about properly ratifying in the court system and getting some compensation for black folk. And so right now, we have no black leadership Name me a black right now that's, that's focused strictly and solely on issues pertaining to black folk, Dr. Walker. Give me one name, one name. Anybody's focused is 99 to 100% of his time and efforts on talking strictly and solely about black folk and their issues. And these issues are at least 400 years old. How can you live in a society with issues are 400 years old and nobody wants to talk about it? So rights will come up with this new concept called critical racism, you know? But that's, that's critical racism. We don't want to talk about any critical racism, which means, what do you mean by critical racism? Well, because it's critically important. That's what it means. And so we don't, we don't want to talk about that. Let's only talk about history in terms of what white folk write. And all the, up until 1948, all the history books were written by white men and none of them were, and, uh, and by white publishing companies. And so but, but, and right now, Dr. Anderson, you're the only person that's got done a critical analysis of all uh, to history going back, going back six and seven hundred years about race matters, 
and, and put a, and, and wrote five books in sequential order on what black what the issues are and what black folks should do. That's why I can't find one black that understands what the word race means. They don't even know what the word race means. Got college degrees and can't tell you what race means or what is racism. They don't know what racism is. And they and white folks tell them what racism is. Oh, you know, uh, that 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 guy, that black guy walked through my community or ran through my community. Uh, that's racism. And then so I just got me a shotgun and called my friend. We might have shot him, shot his ass running through the damn neighborhood. We thought we knew he had done something wrong. Nobody knows what racism is. White folks claim that there's no difference between racism and you know, racism or, 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 or discrimination, a bias, bigotry, anything that, uh, uh, that they claim that they're all the same. They are not the same. There's nothing like racism and racism only pertains to the relationship between blacks and whites. It does not have a damn thing to do with your religion or with, well, with, your, with, your, with your language or what country you came from. It's strictly a relationship between blacks and whites. And you have to know the origin of, ra of, of racism. And the only books that covered all that was my books, the Power Numbers book and the Power Numbers books right now have been on sale for the, for the longest and going into the, into the lockers pretty soon and no blacks will be able to get them anymore. That's why that, why that gets critical racism. They don't want you to talk about history of racism. And that's because black folk right now do not know what racism is. They think it has something whether or not you can get along with somebody. Racism doesn't have a damn thing with getting along with somebody because they, they wouldn't come to your house or, or you didn't invite them to your birthday party. Racism is an economic issue. It started out as an economic issue all the way back in 1488 by, by Pope Innocence in a Catholic church, and it's still the same. It's an economic issue. And yet you got President Biden sitting in there right now. You haven't mentioned one thing about black folk and, 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 and economics, not one. He's been there now going on three years. He and Harris, both of them, it's just like Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas was a white man sitting there pretending he's black, playing a game. And now you got, and you got, now you got Harris there pretending she's a black woman playing a game. Neither one has an interest in black folk. And black folk are the key to putting both of them sitting up in the office in the White House. Lordy, 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 give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, I want everybody to know that Dr. Anderson's books are at powernomics.com. And if you don't have copies of all of his books, uh, you really need to take a look. And I encourage everybody to not just go to powernomics.com and get copies of the Dr. Anderson's books for yourself and for your family. Uh, remember, everybody in here is a teacher. Uh, everybody in here is a, you are a canary in the mind. Everybody in here is a black leader. And I say that because not everybody's doing this. Uh, you are in the minority. You are the talented 10th. And what I would ask you to do as members of the talented 10th is to take it upon yourself to educate other people. Uh, spread uh, spread uh, the, the your version of black empowerment the same way they spread any religion or anything out here. We have to learn how to love ourselves. We have to learn how great we are. We have to learn what we need to do. We have to learn what our plan is for the future. If you don't have a plan, then you will not succeed. Powernomics is one of those plans. Black Labor, White Wealth gives you the history of other people's plans that they've used to oppress you. And also books like Dirty Little Secrets, which we're going to read. We're going to read all of those books in the book club. A lot of y'all have been members of the book club for over a year now. And I told y'all over a year ago that we're going to read every single page of every single book 
written by Dr. Claude Anderson, because I want everybody to understand we don't need white folks to be teaching us critical race theory at school. I don't care what they're teaching in the school. We're going to teach it right here. This is the school. This is the public school. So so bring your family, bring your kids, all of that. OK, so uh, Dr. Anderson, go, go ahead, please. This is, you noticed a few minutes ago, I mentioned uh, President Biden, who's been in office, got elected pretty much on the strength of the black communities all over America. He and Harris got put into the White House, and not one has mentioned the word black since they've been in, the, in that office, except to, to, to send troops out to round the blacks up down in, 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 in Ocho Rio, down in Texas, and put them on, on planes and ship them all back to, back to Haiti. You know, round them up, send them back. And at the same time, he's going to run sends planes all over to Afghanistan and picks up almost 200,000 damn Afghanistans and bring them to the country and promise them that for every Afghanistan family I bring in here, I'm going to give them a half a million dollars per family. Mm -hmm. And what about reparations for black folk? We don't talk about that kind of stuff. Yes, we, we agree that we've, we've given reparations to every group, every religious group, uh, 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 cultural group language group, uh, 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 biological group. And now we got this mixture of biological group called trans this, trans that. They even giving money to them. I said, now how in the world can you enslave, enslave 16, 12 to 16 million black folk and keep them in, in body and slavery and locked and boxed for, for, for over 400, 500, 500 years and starting all the way back before that to 1516 in the New York Treaty and you still haven't mentioned anything about doing anything for them, but you're rushing now to bring in more there and Latinos from down from the way down there. They got Latinos down the bottom just waiting to get into the country and get first class everything. Afghanistan is coming in. And now on top of that, you're gonna bring in Ukraine's on top of that. And uh, and and give them give them housing and got and all kind of first class benefits. Something is wrong. And the wrongness is not necessarily with whites, it's with these black folk that haven't got the vaguest idea of what's going on. They don't read the Poweronomics books. That's why I said in about the next six months, I'll be out of this because I can't keep putting up with it anymore. I cannot stand. It makes me want to go throw up in an alley, see all these blacks dancing and singing oh, and, and, and waking their booties on the TV screen while whites out there figuring out how to get ready right now in these, in these training camps and these, these rifle ranges. And, uh, and, and, and arm, together and arm themselves to have a civil war coming up and not one black, not one black understands the nature of the issue. You're going to get ready to go into the 1933 thing when, when uh, uh, Rice Chancellor Brown died in, 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 uh, in, uh, in Germany and Hitler ran for the office and took over as Rice Chancellor and said, now I'm in charge. We're gonna start exterminating some butts throughout this country. And so from 19, starting in 1933, Rice Chancellor Art Adolf Hitler, he started exterminating people. They're setting it up now. And, there's a, and, this, and you'll find out that there's progresses, programs all over this country now. What do you call these programs? Uh, programs backed by the White Citizen Council or the Proud Boys or, or the Libertarian Party or even the, uh, uh, the White Party. And, and uh, all those things are designed now for these white boys, like just like on January the 6th. Here they all just, just mesmerized watching, watching, oh, look at those white boys crawling all over the Capitol. Who isn't that terrible? They're gonna crawl all over the Capitol to get to get to you pretty soon. You're next on the list. You're the most vulnerable people in this country. You don't produce a damn thing of any importance. Only thing black folk right now, you got 47 million black folk. What are they producing in America? 
are they preparing for a civil war? And that, that's what's on, on, the, on, the, on the horizon. Because see, when they start exterminating people, they're going to start with the poorest and the weakest first. You are the poorest, weakest, and the most disorganized people in this country. Even the immigrants from Ukraine or from Afghanistan or from, the, from Latino countries, they're even better organized than you are. They're getting the benefits but that you should have gotten. And every immigrant that comes in this country immediately when he gets in and signs papers saying, I'm, I want my papers now, he gets four advantages over being black. Four advantages he gets automatically over being black that black folk have never been able to get. And black folk got to compete with that. And do you know what those four advantages are? I'm going to ask you this question. I know it's wrong. I should never put my best buddy on, on the spot. Do you know some of those best, what those advantages they get automatically, Dr. Watkins, just by coming into the country that I put you, put them ahead of you? One is that they, in this country, based on when I was in the White House with President Carter, they, they get advantages now just for being, because of their religion. They can point over black folk. Nobody gives black folk credit for their religion, which basically most of them belong to the, to the Baptists. Nobody gives them any credit for that. But these other people coming in from different countries that come in to speak another, that have another different religion, they're going to get preferential treatment. That's one advantage over black folk. So now black folk got to compete against those people. Why those people got two, got two advantages, being who they are and secondly because they're rigid. Three, uh, two, they, they, uh, the second point, though, is two, is that they then get, get special advantages because of their language. If they, got, if they got language that's different from English, they get another point. Now they got two points of, over black folk on getting things in this country. The Hispanics go down right now, just get, picked up another 24 radio stations. You have, we're in a black race, black folk fought all like hell to get, get radio stations. I put up the, the first black radio station in, in Florida at WOWD in Tallahassee, Florida after fighting for it. And because no, there was no black radio in the entire damn state. And it cost me time and energy fighting to get, it, to get that radio station. And now we only got about a hundred, a little about, a little about close to hundred stations in the United States. And, and that's out of 12,000 radio stations, 12,000 and black folk got about a hundred. And then same thing with TV stations. You got about, you got about 5,000 5, TV stations. How many black TV stations do you think you got in this country? One or two. You think right now, just on hotels, black folk talking about, well, we got a black hotel. Do you know that 46% of all the damn hotels in the United States are run and operated by Chinese or Koreans? They said, well, Dr. Anderson, how about, uh, 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 what else do they get as advantage over? They get advantage over because they classified as immigrants. Anybody come to this country classified as an immigrant get a point over black folk. You know why? Because black folk are not classified as immigrants. They don't classify, they clarify you as guests, G-U-E-S-T-S. You're a guest in America. And that's why I told black folk over and over and over and over again, quit letting people call you uh, to my, well, this is a land of immigrants. No, it's not. Black people that only during non-immigrants in America. And, that, and that's why I don't let them call themselves African-American. They're not from Africa. Those people were picked up and brought here and deprogrammed, de-Africanized. D, D means suck out. Suck out everything returning to Africa and any black that went into slavery. And then, so blacks don't even have it. Blacks don't even have a culture. We're gonna start talking, we are African-American. You don't know a damn thing about Africa. 
You didn't belong to no tribes. What tribe are you from? They stripped the tribes out of you. They stripped everything you knew from Africa during a six-month seasoning process before they brought, before they turned you loose into the slavery market. Before you went to the market, stripped down nothing but doing a rag, a line cloth on, they stripped you of all your Africanness. They only have people now that come in here with African background is either coming in from, from Africa or coming in from the Caribbean. Blacks in America, 99% of all the black people in America were here before 99% of all the other people in America ever arrived. You were the first people in America before mm. slavery and after slavery. 99% of all the black people walking around right now are the direct descendants of slaves. Listen to that now, Dr. Walker. The 99% of all the blacks in America right now are the descendants of slaves. And they talk about African-America. How, how can less than 1% of people being classified as from Africa? Those people are Native Americans, Native Black Americans. That's what they should be called. They are Native Black Americans. That's the name they should be calling themselves. And they are exceptional people. Nobody in this country is equal, can be equal to Black. So instead of Black folks trying to say, I'm going to grow up and be like whites. No, you should tell whites, you all grew up and be like me. I'm the exception. <laughs> I'm the exception in this country. <laughs> Blacks are the most special people in this country. All the other people are immigrants. <laughs> they come in and they got it upside down where Blacks and I want to try to grow up and be like whites in a, in a, where it should be just the opposite. Black folks are so special. They're the ones that built the highways, the bridges, the canals, the roads, the buildings, everything. They're the ones that were, that were the economic drivers of the economy in this country. They were the ones that fought in every war, but who never went to war against this country. And yet everybody else who's a descendant of any immigrant, their parents and great parents and all went to war against the United States. Black folk are the most loyal, faithful, hardworking people in this nation. And mm -hmm. so I, that's why I recommend blacks have a harvest day, harvest institute day. And here comes Biden and Harris talking about, no, let's, let's, let's don't give them a harvest day. Let's give them a, uh, 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 emancipation Proclamation Day. What in the hell is a emancipation? We've had five major emancipation proclamations written in this country, and now we're not one ever sleep. Free designed to squeeze black folk. And they got black folk there celebrating Emancipation Proclamation on Juneteenth. Juneteenth, what? That 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 piece of paper was written on January the 1st, 1863. How in the hell are you gonna be celebrating something talking about 1865? In, in, on the 10th of June, when in fact that piece of paper was written as a, as a game by Secretary Stanton in the, on, the, on, the, on the Lincoln uh, administration just to trick the Southern boys into believing that somehow the slaves were being freed. And, mm -hmm. and because the white, because the Southern boys are beating the Union. And so that, that was a ploy. And now black, got black folk believing that somehow they are, they are, they are celebrating a day that white folks set them free in 1863. How in the hell are you still be fighting a war going into 1866 if it had set you free? I said, I said well, Lord, let, Lord, read my <laughs> books or something. Well, look, well, let, let, me, let me jump in for a second, Dr. Anderson. So, um, and I know your wife said that uh, that uh, you had about 30 minutes with us, and I know that we we almost out of that time, but but I wanted no, to. No, I'm going to say here another half an hour just for you. 
Oh, okay. All right. Well, well, thank you. I hope everybody will uh, thank Dr. Anderson for that um, in the chat because I appreciate that very much. And and uh, but I don't want to be on the bad side of Mrs. Anderson. So uh, so uh, I'm, I'm gonna let I'm, I'm, I, she hopefully she heard you say that. Uh, so um, Dr. Anderson, let me. Uh, well, first of all, I want to tell everybody uh, Dr. Anderson's books are at Powernomics.com. And as I mentioned to you all, everybody in here is a teacher and a leader. So if you have, you know, if you're blessed with extra resources or, or extra desire to do more in your community, uh, remember, I'm not the only teacher in this room. Uh, I'm teaching you to be the teacher as well. We are the teachers of the teachers. So uh, maybe buy 20 or 30 copies of the books and just give them away. And I try to live by example of uh, Ice Cube, who was excellent uh, in the last election in terms of pushing forward the agenda. Uh, he partnered with me. I, I got on the phone with him. I said, hey, how about I buy a thousand copies? You buy a thousand copies and we'll give them away. And that's what he, we, he did. And so, uh, so this is something that we did, but it's something I would love for anybody else if you got it like that and you really want to do extra, keep them around and just give them out, you know, just give them out to the kids, you know, talk to them, you know, and, and make sure people know that this is what you represent. You know, in my view, let me just tell you this a little business tip. Marketing is really important. You got to market things and you got to market the things that matter because remember, they're marketing a lot of toxic things to our young people. They're marketing negativity. They're marketing uh, you know, uh, ignorance. They're marketing a death culture. Well, you got to market life. You've got to market possibility. You got to market love. You got to market hope. You got to market power. So, so everybody who knows you, this is your assignment, but your marketing assignment. Everybody who knows you should know what you're all about. You know, don't be silent and pro-black. You, you, you let people know, like, look, this is what we are. This is how we do things in this household. We are a poweronomics family. We are a pro-black family. We are a B1 family. We put black first. Do those things and carry it proudly because that that's that's an action way of looking at it. Don't just take it in, put it out, okay? So, Dr. Anson, what I'd like to do is I want to open up your book, and I'm going to read on page 68 a little bit about meritorious manumission and brainwashing. This is where you talk about how the Korean POWs were brainwashed uh, during the, the, the uh, in the POW camps in the 1950s, and uh, and how Black folks, uh, to some extent, how we have, how our brainwashing has stopped us from making progress. So I'm just going to read it to you, and you can just respond with anything that comes to mind. I hope that's okay. Sure, anything, knock yourself out. Okay, all right, so it's page 68, and you say here that both American soldiers held in the, the North Korean prisoner of war camps during the 1950s and enslaved black people were psycho psychosocially and physiologically manipulated in parallel ways. The communist North Korean army and its Chinese consorts used brainwashing on American soldiers. Slavery used conditioning. The biggest difference between the two systems was, was the extreme physical cruelty of the systems. Both systems were designed to tear people apart. In many ways, communist brainwashing was a combination, combination of meritorious manumission and Willie Lynchism. It was a sophisticated form of re-education that operated like group therapy run in reverse. But unlike group therapy intended to bring people together, communist brainwashing and meritorious manumission were designed to drive people apart from one another. This is what they did to y'all. And I'm reading one more paragraph, then I'm passing over to Dr. Anson. The larger purpose of these social conditioning systems was to destroy the ability of the subjects to form natural groups and communities to, uh, to develop normal relationships, 
uh, to stop them from supporting each other, protecting each other, and communicating with members of their own group. And I want you to apply this to Black people. How often do you see this, where it seems like it's hard for us to form groups, it's hard to form communities, it's hard to have normal relationships, and you know, families don't stay together. Uh, it's hard for us to support and protect each other. Table. So, so you mentioned in Table Two, uh, you have a, a comparative uh, analysis between the two, and uh, you said uh, that there are similarities between the goals, psychological, physiological principles. Uh, rewards, punishments, and resultant behavior changes. The results of the two different systems were nearly identical in every respect, but in each instance, the subjects identified with their oppressors and were often unwilling to return to their former communities to be with their own people. So they were so brainwashed that they thought that their enemy was their friend and their friend was their enemy. How, give me a yes in the chat, everybody, if you know, if you've seen this, if you've seen that Willie Lynchism, uh, that, that Stockholm syndrome. And last sentence here, it says, uh, the brainwashed POWs who survived were hospitalized and deprogrammed. No such therapy has ever been offered to Black Americans. Dr. Anson, you can take it from here. Well, thank you very much for the intro. And uh, and, you're, and I'm glad you read that. And, uh, and as you probably know right now, I'm committed to trying to, I know you're interested in establishing a, a special academy for black folk across this country, for the elite blacks, blacks who are serious about figuring out what's going on. Nobody has ever, ever tried to sit down and analyze what happened to black folk in slavery and what happened to black, and, and, and the same thing that happened to POWs in Korea, in, in North China and, and, and North Korea. and. Uh, that's why black folk got, got brainwashed. And half the blacks, we, we, had, we had over, let me, let me get be a little more specific. We had almost 7,000 POWs right now as North, that, were, that were institutionalized in North Korea during, during the uh, Korean War, 7,000. And they were in there and held in, in, in POW camps for approximately three years, three years. And after, and after three years, guess what had happened? Um, at that time, um, almost two, uh, I guess only about, uh, about 3,000 survived. They survived communist uh, brainwashing. Now, most people up at that time in the United States thought the brainwashing was some cruel kind of treatment that was being imposed on POWs. And those POWs were, were, were supposed to be uh, trying to resist based on the code of conduct that was established by, by, by the military uh, by the military and what we call the post-World War II uh, uh, in, uh, examination and, and punishment for those Germans who had killed and slaughtered almost 6 billion Jews. We had a codes of conduct, which says that every person captured, well, how he was to behave and, and he was a never, never to associate, affiliate, or identify with the enemy, point one. Point two, he was always uh, supposed to re be resisting uh, treatment and never looking for favors. And point four was that he was always supposed to be prepared to try to escape or flee or fight back. Oh, that was a military code of conduct for soldiers. And yet, and yet the, there was those 7,000 prisoners in those POW camps in North Korea and, uh, and, uh, and China. Guess what? We did not, Dr. Watkins, we did not have not one out of 7,000, not one successful escape by a prisoner from the communist camps. And guess what? And out of those camps, the camps were not, didn't have any fences, Dr. Watkins. 
Most of them didn't have fences. And guess what? There were no guards walking around those fences, and no dogs being sicked on them. And yet not one were, were able to escape in all those years being, being consigned to a POW camp. And what happened after going through an analysis of this going all the way back, the same identical treatment that was imposed on those slaves coming into this country, going back into the 15th, 16th century, the techniques that were imposed on those black slaves was exactly identical to the techniques that were being, ex being exhibited on those 7,000 POWs in, in North Korea and China that could not escape, became totally paralyzed. And that's why in your program, the heading of your program is coming up. I'm gonna have that be, a, be a curriculum in there that will be about two or three day curriculum that will tell you specifically, hey, show you every element, every trick, every, everything that was used to break those people down and re, by doing reverse, reverse techniques so that, that rather than bringing those people together to operate as a team, they were torn apart. So that communism is not putting people, putting screwdrivers or, or knives between the bones and the fingers and popping the joints apart or throwing them in, throwing them naked on, 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 on ice in the ice room or hanging them up and then using battery cables on their testicles and stuff like that. It was really more than that. It was a very sophisticated form of re-education. And that's what I'm expecting to come out of your program and the academy that you're gonna be setting up is a very sophisticated form of re-education for blacks. Nobody has ever tried to educate blacks in this country to say, we want you to fully understand why, the, why you are cons consistently demonstrating inappropriate behavior patterns that keep you locked into the, into the, into the slavery uh, activities and the slavery mentality in this country. All they want to talk about is now, let's forget about it and you're free. That, is, that won't work. And that's why in your that school that you're going to set up and you're concerned about, I'll be, I'm going to put together a program for you to show you so that everybody comes through there will learn exactly what, what those people experienced and why they could not come to the United States. I'm going to go home with my people. Why they couldn't con why they could not contact their people, would not send letters home. Why they would not talk together anymore. Why they, why, why they would not, why they did never want, never play, come together and organize. There was never one organized resistance. In, in, in all those years in those Korean camps and Chinese camps, because that's why you saw that movie, The Manchurian Candidate. You saw those movies, didn't you? That's what it was. I still play, play uh, solitary using the, the, the Russian system of, of solitary that I learned in Korea, in North Korea, in China. Not China, but I'm sorry, North Korea and South Korea. And I still play that game. But that's, that's what it's about. And in your program, that's what I'm, I'm putting together right now at this, at this moment, putting together a plan where before they get to learn all the things that you're gonna have to give them, that they must understand why, why they don't come together, why they don't support each other, why there's no trust in the community, why they won't cooperate, why they won't buy and support from each other, why they find comfort in being with the enemy, the other people rather than their own people. Why is it every other group wanna have their own communities and black folk wanna socially integrate? Why is it that Martin Luther King and the civil rights organizations took blacks in the 1960s and rather than teaching them to come together as a group to cooperate and buy from each other, support each other, they decided to teach them just to socially integrate, to scatter, 
And now yeah. white folks are scattered all over the United States. There's no togetherness. There's no cooperation. There's no yeah. means of communicating. Now it's going to be extremely difficult to bring black folk to, back to where they were in 1950, 1960, when the civil rights movement started. The civil rights movement took black folks backwards and they gave them nothing in return. And that's what happened in, in Korea. When you got in brainwashing, that people wouldn't work together and cooperate and would sell their own people out. They looked for meritorious manumission in those camps in North Korea and in China. And by just saying that we just cooperate with the enemy and violate the military code, we might get a candy bar, might get an apple. We'll be rewarded. And now the same thing is going on. We'll give black people a job. They always want to find jobs for people and for black folk. When everybody else, they get businesses. Why don't they set up businesses for black folk? Why isn't there a plan right now for economic development, for businesses and industries in America? And that was all in my program. That I don't want blacks just to get a job. Black folks don't need jobs, they need wealth. That's why the wealth gap keeps widening in this country. It's gonna to continue to widen because black people are exactly where they were in 1860 on the eve of the Civil War. Blacks only own and control one half, one half of 1% of the wealth of this nation. It is humanly impossible in theory and practice for black folk to survive and compete in a society in which they only own one half of 1% of anything of value. How in the world are they gonna compete only nothing? Instead, and that's what the Biden administration and Harris should be focusing on instead of messing around, but they keep listening to organizations like the NAACP and, and all these social organizations about getting black folk jobs. Blacks don't need no damn jobs. What they need are industries. They're the only people on earth who've never enjoyed the fruits of an industrial revolution. Never. Every time when the, revo when the industrial revolution went through Europe, blacks were slaves. That was in the 1700s. When the, when the industrial revolution came to America in the 1800s, guess what? Black folk were still enslaved all the way up to 1860. They have never been taught and know how they ever enjoyed the fruits of an industrial revolution and having industries, the industries and having communities. And those communities should be, those should hold, should be the holding place for industries for black folk that would produce jobs, service, goods, products, and love and respect, appreciation and cooperation for their own damn people. Mm. Instead, you keep get, going and getting them jobs, send them out to, over into somebody else's city. Nobody else is creating jobs for black folk. Why? They ain't that damn stupid. They got to create jobs, they create the jobs for their own people. They don't need you in their businesses. Where are the black folks' businesses? Black folk had more and owned more businesses in 1920 than they do today. And this, mm -hmm. this is 100 years after black folk, after slavery. 100 years later, blacks, blacks now still don't own as many businesses they had in 1920. Mm -hmm. We time we used to have our own theaters. We had our own restaurants. We had our own uh, cleaners. We had our own tailors. We had our own bus companies. We had our own cab companies. We had movie studios. We had everything you could think of doing, doing segregation. I'm not approving and, and, and supporting segregation in that respect. I'm, I'm supporting what everybody else supports. Everybody else have communities. We got Chinese communities, Japanese communities, Jewish communities. Everybody has communities except black folk. All we got are neighborhoods. Neighborhood is where you eat and sleep. A hotel is a neighborhood. You don't, you don't get along in a hotel with other people unless you brought them with you. Otherwise, you don't, there's nothing there in a hotel for you. Hotel is where you eat and sleep. And right now, and out in, in that regard, 46% of all the hotels in America 
are owned and controlled by, by Asians. No blacks own nothing, nothing. You got a civil war coming. That's what the Proud Boys want. That's what the terrorists want. They want a war because black folk are not prepared to fight. And everybody should be, by human nature, should be, should be imbued with the ability to either flight or fight, either run or fight. Black folk can't do either one right now. They are separated all over the United States. You couldn't find them if you wanted to. We got to learn how to build communities and bring black folk together and start pooling our resources. Every resource we got, pool them. The labor, your money, your wealth, your power, your culture, your language, where you can communicate in, in, on a regular basis with each other. That was the purpose of my recommending that black folk have a Harvest Institute Day on the second Saturday, on the second Saturday every year in August, where black folk can come and, this, and, 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 and read those books and understand the things that we've done that would make us exceptional people. We are the most exceptional people on earth. We were the first people on earth, not American Indians. Those people came from Asia across the Burren Straits about 16,000 years after black folk had already been in America. I've given you a long lecture. I didn't mean to do that. And I apologize. No, no that, that was not. I'm, I'm, I'm patiently listening. And I, I know everybody else is too. And, and so uh, I, I want to, <clears throat> I'm going to jump in. And, um, and uh, before I ask the last question, I want to do a, a little bit of quick housekeeping. Number one, don't forget powernomics.com is Dr. Anderson's website. Uh, in case you're wondering why I keep repeating it, it's because I want to make sure that uh, that he is supported for the time that he's giving us. Uh, he gives us so much. I believe you got to give back to him. If people really are your friends, they will help you economically. They're not just going to cheer you on. They're going to actually support you. So this is me being a friend to my friend and mentor. And, and we're like family now. You know, this is he's my second father. And uh, and, and I'm going to keep mentioning this until the day I die. Uh, the second thing I want to mention to everybody real quick is that don't forget that on July 7th, that is when our next Black Wealth Boot Camp starts in the Black Business School. Uh, in this boot camp, we're going to focus on one thing. The four weeks are going to focus on using stock options to generate income. So I have a whole process I put together. I've been working on it for two years. And so if you still like to join, you can get 25% off up until midnight tonight by going to boycewalkins.com. Just go to boycewalkins.com, look for the uh, stock options income generation programs, about the third one down, and you'll find it right there. Okay, so I want to make sure everybody knows that part. And then the third thing I want to mention to everybody is don't forget that August, October 28th through the 30th, is when we're having the all black national convention. That is when all the B1 people around the world come together for a convention. It's gonna be in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Sheraton. And uh, it's October 28th through the 30th. We've secured some amazing speakers. Uh, Larry Miller, the former CEO of the Air Jordan brand is gonna be one of the speakers at the convention. He just confirmed Larry Miller took the Jordan brand from 300 million a year to 3 billion a year. He's an extraordinary guy. He's a very good black man. He's a very good friend. He's gonna join us. Also billionaire Mike Roberts is gonna be there. Uh, Riza Islam, we're, we're working to get him there. I think he's he's almost confirmed. So a lot of great people gonna be there. So I hope you all will join us at the convention mentioned, just go to boycewalkers.com. You can get that information there. Or you can also go to allblacknationalconvention.com. That's allblacknationalconvention.com. All right. So Dr. Anderson, here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to read through. Uh, your, your, you have a chart on page 69 of Poweronomics, where you're talking about meritorious manumission and Willie Lynchism. And you mentioned the uh, who it was done on, what the goal was, what the program was, what the process was, the reaction that black people had to Willie Lynch's and what it did to us and the success rate. So I'm going to read all this 
And I want everybody to really think through this process. I need you to understand the system and the plan that was used to turn you into whatever we've become up until this point. So you can deprogram, so you can reverse engineer what they did to you to understand what you need to do next. White supremacy is a system. It's a process. It's a program. You've got to dissect that in order to move forward. Okay. Cause, cause we, I'm done with those days where we trade in all of our land and our wealth and our businesses for student loans and corporate jobs. <laughs> I'm not trading my land and my businesses for student loans and corporate jobs. That's not what, that's not gonna be the narrative of our kids. So, so here's what I'm gonna read to you. So here we go. <clears throat> so you say meritorious manumission of Willie Lynchism, the subjects, 15 million African uh, slaves on plantations throughout the Americas. The goal was to control a large group of captured slaves and make them hardworking, fearful, dependent, docile, submissive and loyal labor tools to build wealth for their captors. So that, so when you go on the corporate plantation, that's what you're doing. You are um, hardworking. <clears throat> nobody works harder than black people. Uh, you are fearful. Uh, nobody's more scared than black folks when it, when it comes to white folks walking in the room. Dependent. A lot of us can't survive without white folks. Docile. You, you bow your head. You don't, you don't really want to stand up because they tell you to sit back down. Submissive and loyal labor tools to build wealth for their captors. So your tools for the racist, racist side of capitalism. So the program was this, the way they did it was, uh, they had a program of a, uh, a system of dehumanizing and physiological conditioning using elementary principles of physical, emotional, and intellectual deprivation. So they punish you physically, punish, uh, uh, traumatize you emotionally, and deprive you intellectually. So, uh, so, so how many of you, uh, feel that you grew up in, in the middle of some kind of trauma. This is not just in slavery. This is still today. The, how many of y'all feel like you're probably pretty high on the trauma scale? If you don't, if you're not sure, there is something called an ACEs test. My wife told me about it. It stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. I want you to go look it up. ACES and what's gonna and if you if you score above a four, that means that you have so much trauma that you can't function right. And I didn't know it. I, I'm about a five. <laughs> I was, I was surprised. So that, so that emotional trauma, and then, and then also, how many of you believe that black people are intellectually deprived? If you look at the school system, look at how many millions of our boys and our girls coming out of school can't read, can't write, can't do math, can't run a business, can't do nothing. But they, but they twerking all day. They know how to dribble basketballs and throw footballs, and they know how to go work for white folks, but they don't know nothing about nothing that's going to build the community. That we got to stop that. So let's keep going. <clears throat> so it says, uh. Uh, conducted by slave masters with the equivalent of a third to fourth grade education. The procedure was transported into hostile lands, made them, you make black people a minority and make them totally dependent, totally deprived of family, hope and basic necessities rewarded for identifying with the slave master. Let me translate that for y'all real quick. I watched a documentary about a famous pimp named Iceberg Slim. Iceberg Slim wrote a book called Pimp. In the book Pimp, he explained that exactly what's being done right here is exactly what he did when he was pimping his hoes. So uh, most of us as a community are being consistently pimped. Look at them. Let me read it again just so you hear this. Transporting the hostile lands so you're in a territory where you don't have any support, made into a minority, totally dependent, totally deprived of family, hope, and basic necessities. And then you get rewarded for identifying with the slave master. So you're getting pimped. Don't let your kids get pimped. Uh, last two things. Reaction of the enslaved Blacks. Internalize, you internalize white values and you fear your oppressors because you're pimped. Eroded group self-interest 
and an abandoned code of conduct. So you don't have any interest in the group, but you're interested in pleasing the master, and then you abandon codes of conduct. That means you will do any raggedy thing. You will go out and a man will go out and put on a dress like a woman. A woman will go out and degrade herself. Black folks will act like the biggest niggas on the planet to make white folks happy so they can get money because you lose your code of conduct and you engage in what Dr. Anderson refers to as inappropriate behavior. Exhibited, so he said, displayed self-hate, exhibited difficulty trusting and cooperating with other blacks. Last piece, success rate. After 360 years, 36 million descendants of slaves have the shortest life expectancy, low self-esteem, remain divided and non-competitive. They remain fearful and continue to seek white approval and rewards that come with being sambos and sellouts. That's on page 69 of Poweronomics. Dr. Anderson, you take it away. Thank you very much. You've done an excellent job on that. And as a matter of fact, that's why it's extremely important for me to finish up this curriculum guide for your, for your academy. Because in the academy, I'm going to do what's never, never been done in America. I'm going to break down in some psychological and social somatic conditions on what happened to black folk doing a, doing a um, brainwashing. And it shows its parallels between that and slavery. And you'll see all the elements. And, and I'm gonna do it in such a way where, where it becomes crystally clear as to why black folks inappropriate behavior is so prominent today. And then and why black folk are, are not progressing. Why black folk in the same identical position they were in 1863. And when slavery ended, Black folk have not gained one thing. As a matter of fact, they, they've gone backwards because they can't, they, they have never been able to overcome the conditioning process that was set in place using basic management principles that are taught right now in our schools and people get master's degrees in it and in, in behavior magnification and how you manage best manage people in industrial complexes and in major universities and see, but we're gonna use that and break it down to, to your programs and so that when, 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 when that little uh, first initial program is over in your program, they go right into what you're gonna be talking about. Then it'll make sense. They understand why they must go buy, they should buy stock, why they must learn to own and control. That primary thing is not civil rights. Civil rights is, has nothing to do with black folk anymore. It was for black folks originally in 1865. And it was supposed to be designed to reverse the Dred Scott decision of 1858 which says that black folk have no rights and no, and, and no uh, abilities to be, to, that they should be recognized. And, they should, and that's why they are backwards and will always stay backwards. But now, but so the 1865 uh, civil rights law and 1866 civil rights law that were put in place by the, by the so-called radical Republicans were designed to reverse the Dred Scott decision. And so, but now if people are using the 13th or 14th and 15th amendment, on anybody but black people, then they have then black folk are still under the Dred Scott decision. You cannot, it was, those things was written strictly and solely for blacks. And that's what the Slaughterhouse case said in 1873, that the 13th Amendment, the 14th Amendment, and the 15th Amendment and the Civil Rights Laws of 1860 were written strictly and solely to elevate black people and to put them into a protected class. And now we got the Biden administration talking about putting, putting transsexuals into a protected class. They got white women into a protected class. They're trying to put the Hispanics into a protected class. They got the American Indians into a protected class. 
everybody is protected except those people who've been enslaved institutionally in this society for over nearly 500 years. They are still vulnerable because they won't put them into a protected class and give them the resources. And that's, what, that's why it is a joke for anybody to be using, it's like the present uh, uh, day, you asked me about, initially about the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court right now, sitting there in Washington State, ain't got the vaguest damn idea of what the, what the civil rights laws were of. Those things were originally put in place strictly and solely for black folk. I hear people now quote about, well, you know, how about the woman's right that she's got a civil rights for, for having an abortion. That has nothing to do about women, white women and abortion. It has to do strictly and solely for black folk. When you read the Slaughterhouse case of 1873, it'll tell you that. And that's what they were put in place for in the 1860s, strictly and solely to elevate and protect black folks so that whites and other groups, subgroups in the culture cannot come in and reimpose their values over black folk and get benefits that should be going to black folk. Until you get that known, the Supreme Court is playing with the other, on, on the other side. The United States Supreme Court is a major guardian of racism in America. That's why the first, first 55 or 56 people put on the United States Supreme Court were white slave owners. And another, and out of about another 65 of those have been going on the Supreme Court since then, they are white racists. That's why you only got one black man that's supposedly black because he's a white man passing for a black man sitting up on the Supreme Court right now. And everybody should say, how are you going to have nine people talking about they're looking for justice on the Supreme Court and all of them are white, these are white races of white slave owners. And so right now, what I'm saying to you is until you correct the fact that the United States Supreme Court has no authority in the Constitution to be doing anything that's negative for black folk, that is a law. White, the Supreme Court can only make decisions affecting three things. One, they can get in, involved in ambassadorial appointments. Two, they can get involved in, in firing a federal employee for not doing his job. Or three, they can get involved in lower case decisions in the courts. Other than that, they have no authority to do what they did. That's why in, in, in the uh, that's why you call what they call the uh, uh, after slavery. You know the the, the ten years. Uh, of uh, uh, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, you mean reconstruction? Yeah, reconstruction. Reconstruction was only lasted ten years because the Supreme Court got involved in something they have no authority on. So, United States Supreme Court cannot reverse the Congress in making decisions that were put in place in the 1860s for Black folk. You cannot say the Cubans and, and Hispanics or, or Afghanistan's are not entitled to the Fourteenth Amendment, the Thirteenth Amendment or that white women entitled to it. They are not entitled. And that's why, that's why this thing about uh, uh, <clears throat> um, the X, uh, <clears throat> yeah, what's that thing called for X? The, uh, uh, well, let me skip it anyway. Anyway, Title IX, Title IX came into effect for white women. Came into town for Mike women because that was a, 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 a white congressman in Virginia and a white congressman in Louisiana says, since they want to give all these privileges to black folk, less and and, uh, and these silly black folk up here meeting in Washington in eighteen in 1964, 1960, 65, haven't studied history, don't know a damn thing about history. Let's trick these suckers and tell them that and sent white women over to Congress to say instead of having opportunities for black folk in the 1964 and 1965 civil rights laws, let's switch that to women. That's how the Title IX came into effect. 
what you're now talking about, these other decisions about, about, <clears throat> about Congress and, uh, and the, uh, uh, the Supreme Court reversing the, uh, the, the uh, abortion. Those things were never designed for white women, but they were switched because uh, white women went over to the United States Supreme Court and petitioned them to take the focus off of black folk while all these black civil rights leaders were sitting there in the damn outside the Congress and inside watching and listening and did not one step up and say, no, you cannot put white women again against black folk. You did that in 1868 and the United States Supreme Court said it's illegal to compare white women with blacks, but white women saying, we want the right to vote before you let blacks out of slavery. And the same thing with Title IX, they turn around and say, well, now we got monies to go to help black folk. Uh, should we put it into the black community? It's federal money. Or should we put it into a, into a special program for women? And every congressman voted to put it into, into schools for white, for women, period, period. That's where all the monies went. Now, I, now at that time, I was over education for the state of Florida. And not out of 67 counties, not one county that I contacted, say we would take the monies coming down from the federal government and put them in the special programs for black children and try to help black folk in this country. Not one out of 67. It went all over the country. And all those funds that came down in, 18, in 1960, uh, 60, uh, after the, uh, in, during the civil rights movement, all those monies like, went to Title IX for women in the sports and that had and nothing went to black folks, the black schools programs for the typical black child. And I'm sick and tired of black folks stuck on stupid, keep going along with and going along and voting. Quit putting these fools in Congress. If they don't know history, and don't understand what's going on, don't put their butts there. And you tell them I'm gonna hold them up, you hold them accountable. You find them voting for stupid stuff, immediately boycott them and pull them out, out of, out of those seats. Because that's what's problem. We have nobody representing black folk. They function off what white folks want. They got a white agenda and no black agenda. And that's why I, you asked me initially about the, about the, uh, the about, or, or abolitionists, not abolition, but the, uh, what was that? The uh, abortion issue. Yeah. Okay. And the abortion issue was, again, was a white issue. That's why it's a straw mm -hmm. issue. They always designed to cover up and smother how whites going to get some additional resources and shut black folk out and take the focus off of black folk. And either put it on other groups, immigrants, put it on women, put it on gays, put it on transsexuals. And the next thing I put it on donkeys and horses and short people and people that have vision problems, any damn thing they can come up with. And that's <laughs> long and short of what I'm going to say to you today. And I love All right. right. All right. Well, you know what? I, I think that was a lot to chew on, a lot to think about. And I'm really glad you joined us today. And uh, everybody, I want to just reiterate, uh, Powernomics.com is where you can go to get Dr. Anderson's books if you haven't done it. You got to do it. Uh, I hope you'll take his library pack, which is just $99. Uh, and also, if you've already bought the books, uh, why not buy more? Give them away. Remember, everybody in here is a leader. Everybody in here is a teacher. And I want you to give me a yes in the chat to let me know that you understand this, that you agree with me, that we're that it's okay if I say that. Uh, give me a yes to let me know if you that you understand that you are a leader. You are a teacher. We need to mass produce Black leaders. We don't need one super Negro trying to tell everybody what to do. We need millions and millions of Black people that are on the same code of conduct, that understand what the job is. We understand the assignment. We're all going to move forward. I'm going to be in here with you every day. That ain't never going to change. First, That's the first piece. Uh, second piece is I see some of you were mentioning at the convention 
you'd like to have a, a get together of all the members of the book club, uh, I can arrange that. While you were making your comments, I sent a message to my assistant to tell her that uh, I'd like to see if we can schedule a special session so that everybody from the book club can get together. You all can meet each other and you can connect and talk and, uh, and form relationships and make plans. More importantly, make plans for your family, make plans for your life, make plans for your community. That's a done. That's going to be at the convention. The All Black National Convention is October 28th through October 30th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Just go to voicewalkins.com if you'd like to learn more about that. Third thing, don't forget on the 7th of July, Black Wealth Bootcamp starts. It's four weeks where we're talking about stock options. I'm going to show you how to sell stock options, not how to buy them, how to sell them and generate income. That's the primary focus. It's going to be a lot of fun. So feel free uh, to go to voicewalkers.com if you'd like to learn more about that. Now, um, is Dr. Anson going to be at the convention? I think Dr. Anson, uh, traveling might be something we, we have to save for a little bit later, but uh, I, I definitely would like to get you involved. And, and I don't know if you had any final thoughts uh, before we head on out for tonight. Well, yeah, yes, the, the long and short of what I was trying to say to you tonight is that Black, black folk, as I said initially, do not understand what race is, and nor, neither do they understand what racism is. But, but in closing, let me say this to you. Racism is a code of conduct that every white person learned in starting in 1859, when, when, when the race ended and, every, and all the, all the, everything of value had been totally maldistributed during the enslavement process into the hands of the white society. That's why whites had received all the almost 99% of all the land, the materials, the, the jobs, the businesses, the, uh, the, the wealth, everything of value and minerals, everything, privileges and rights have been transferred, miles distributed into the hands of the dominant white society. And when that's what you'll so hold, everything that black folks should be doing from this point on is focusing strictly on nothing but redistributing those, those appropriate resources back into the hands of black folk. That's the only thing you should be focused on. Forget some of these other things and all these other social movements in the country. They're a waste of time. You want to have a mal, you want to have a reversal of the maldistribution of everything that's been done to black folk. That's what Martin Luther King should have been focusing on. That's what the civil rights organization should have been focusing on. Identifying what, what was the point of slavery, what did it accomplish, and now how do we go about reversing it? You reverse it by reversing and, and rediscriminate those, all those things I mentioned, land, minerals, rights, property, business, opportunities, everything back into the hand where black folk get more than their share of it. And then we can compete. Other than that, you cannot compete. We are through as a society. And you're gonna, then you're gonna watch society fall into the dumps pretty soon when this next damn conflict comes out between races and cultures and black folk will still be on the bottom where they were in 1863 on the eve of the Civil War. All right, all right. Well, you all heard it first. Uh, I think that the, the word that came to mind when Dr. Anderson was speaking is the word resources. So that's our word for tonight. So everybody type the word resources in the chat so we know we all got the message. Everybody type the word resources. So he said that all the other issues are distraction. Let's focus on the reallocation of the resources, getting access to the resources, teach your kids to go get the resources, teach your kids to buy the land, teach your kids to start the businesses, teach your kids to buy the stock, teach your kids to invest and save their money. Resources, 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 resources. That if we if, if you get if you get the resources, then everything else falls right into line. So uh so thank you very much, Dr. Anderson. It was thank great. You. God, uh, God bless you. I'm so glad you're looking great, man. And and uh it, it looks like you're feeling good. <laughs> I'm going to send you a check tomorrow morning, boy. 
whoever taught, you, whoever taught you in your family how to get money out of an old man? Huh? <laughs> well, you know, hey, I take cash app. How about that? Cash app okay. and Venmo and credit card. I'm, I'm messing with you. You know what? I, I, uh, I, I like everybody else in here. You know, we we have so much respect for you. And we love you so much, and and uh, and we're always thinking about you. And, and when you're not here, we're always talking about you. And uh, I will exalt the the name Powernomics and exalt your name because uh, without you, there is no me. And I'm extremely grateful for that. And uh, and so, thank you. Right. And I hope blacks will remember what I said. It's not civil rights and social integration that decides your opportunities. It's what you own and control that decides your future. You tell my people to go on and control as much as they can get their hands on. No more working for other people. Go out there and, and get, get your own community start. Build your own businesses and industries. Own and control. That's what determines. Tell them you ain't trying to be in love with somebody. Whether or not you're in, uh, you get along with white folks or Asians or Arabs or, or gays, that is a non-issue. That's a straw issue. You want to say, get what, what you own and control, and then you work any other day thing out anytime you feel it's necessary to do it. Don't worry about it. You know, you fall in love with who you want to fall in love with, but you better own and control and get some money if you plan on going any place. Okay. Thank All you. Right. All right. Thank you very much, buddy. Good to see you. And okay. uh, good to see everybody. So next week, we're going to meet again for the book club. Uh, you can uh, log in and, uh, and and get access to the life class for free also by going to blackkeystogreatness.com or on boyswalkins.com. It's all on my website, boyswalkins.com. So don't forget that, that that you have free access to the to the life class also. And uh, also, if you want to uh, come to the convention, there's a link to the convention on boyswalkers.com and also a link to the boot camp that starts on July 7th. And all this is at my website, boyswalkers.com. So take care, everybody. Uh, and, and don't forget. Oh, and one more thing. I want to also make sure I mention again, powernomics.com is where Dr. Anderson's books are located. So feel free to take a look at that as well. So thanks, Dr. Anderson. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. And uh, everybody else, please have a good night. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Take care now. Bye bye. Right.